living on Tulsa time. Update on the PGA Championship at Southern Hills going on. First round today, Rory McIlroy is in the clubhouse with the first round lead. He is minus five, minus five for McIlroy. Will Zalatoris is uh, stroke behind at minus four. Tom Hogue at minus four as well. Matt Kuchar is at minus three. And Abraham Ansir is at minus three as well. So keep you updated on that throughout the afternoon. But uh, Rory McIlroy has posted a five under. What is that, 66? What's par there? No, it doesn't say, but he's at five under through the first round as the leader there in Southern Hills at the uh, 2022 PGA Championship taking place in Tulsa. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. A lot of Oklahoma talk as the uh, Cowboys are in town to play Baylor. Big 12 series that begins coming up uh, less than three hours from right now. The man who will call it for uh, this Oklahoma State Sports Network in town uh, headed to Baylor Ballpark. That is Rex Holt who joins us now. And hey, Rex, I appreciate you being on with us this afternoon. Yes. Yes. All right. Can you hear me okay? I hear you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Come on, uh, come on down. And uh, big series, really, for both teams, you know. Uh, how about Oklahoma State's frame of mind coming off that series with Tech last weekend? Well, I guess uh, we're all kind of wondering that, John, after what has gone on. Talk about a, how much difference a week can make. A week ago, Monday, they were coming off a sweep. They were third in the nation, third in the RPI. They were, again, already counting on a regional and a super regional and just got to take care of your business. And then they go and lose in a walk-off home run to Dallas Baptist on a Tuesday. Couldn't close that game out in the bottom of the ninth. Gave up a two-run homer. Then they come home and lose three in a row. It did not play well and really in any phase of the game. They played well enough to maybe pull one out. But they did not play clean baseball. But they had a chance to win Friday and Sunday at home. But just, it was a, again, it was a mad scramble. And Tech was able to hang on and win both of those. A Saturday game, Tech pretty much dominated it. But they've had chances to win games, but they really haven't played their best ball. They've played defensive mistakes, base running mistakes. And against Texas Tech, uh, John, not one quality start of the, the entire weekend. Bullpen was decent, or at least kept them in the game and gave them a chance to try to pull them out, but did not get a quality start the whole weekend. And again, just some things that they've been playing a cleaner brand of baseball most all year long. And maybe not every single game, but uh, that whole weekend, there was just mistakes each and every day. And you give teams like Tech uh, extra outs, you know what happens when you do that. Well, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, what it was last weekend, but sounds like you, you described it pretty well there. It was a little bit of everything. And you mentioned the pitching, uh, which is uh, a bit of a departure from the way Oklahoma State had been playing. I mean, your pitching, your starting pitching, had been really, really good. Yes, it had been. I mean, you know, we were still kind of searching. But, I mean, Justin Campbell was a given. He was your Friday night guy. He's your bell cow, whatever you want to describe it like. He got you into the weekend and more times than not. If he didn't win the game, he was going to put you in a position to win the game. That's what he does each and every Friday. That has for a couple of years, for that matter. He has been consistent, and, uh, you know, you can trust him every time he hits the mound. But last week was really his worst outing of the season. 
He couldn't. He really had nothing but a fastball. But if you know Justin Campbell, his best fastball, I mean, he can run it up there if he humps up really wants to around 95 miles an hour. But for the most time, it sets about uh, 91 to 92 because he's got three other pitches to go with. And last Friday, he had none of those other pitches that he could land for a strike. It seemed like all night long, his changeup, his breaking ball, his slider, nothing was, again, he could get it in the strike zone. So he wound up being a fastball, one rhythm pitcher. And you know what happens when that happens. So he got beat up like, uh, I don't know, we've never seen really that all year. And then Bryce Osmond, who had really been coming on, he had made major strides. He had two or three really good outings in a row. But all of a sudden, you know, he had a bad outing. He thought, well, okay. Uh, you know, he, everybody's going to have those from time to time. But then he came back and, uh, and again had another outing where he, I don't know, got out of the, barely out of the fourth inning, and the Cowboys were behind when he left. So, and then you got Victor Medeiros, who's been was your Sunday guy. They moved to Sunday. Then he got hurt in Texas, like in the first inning. He's been out. In fact, he's supposed to come back and pitch tonight for the first time since the Texas series. He's been out since then with a little minor back uh, issue that pulled a muscle back there. Whatever he did, slipping off the mound at Austin. So, again, right now, you look up, you say, well, the Cowboys have only one real starter you can trust that's been there, done that kind of guy. Justin Campbell, although coming off his worst outing, and then you know, the other two, I don't know what you're going to get with Bryce or with Victor, but again, Victor is going to go tonight. So we'll see if he's kind of back on the beam or not. What has really been good for them, John, has been the back end of their bullpen. That's where they have a lot of talent there, and they've got several guys who can, again, if you can stay in the game, they're guys that can allow you to win the game because they're going to, you know, down the stretch, they're going to usually put up zeros. Let me ask you this, uh, Campbell, your, your regular Friday night starter, but Medeiros to start tonight, is that just to keep Campbell on a on a Friday instead of, uh, you know, just moving him up a day? Yes, I would say that's the reason. And plus, uh, Victor, they want to see Victor. I mean, uh, last week they, they thought about putting him in on Sunday, but they said, well, we just don't want to push it. He's still got a little bit of something going on, so we're just not going to chance it. He's more important down the road, obviously. We need him 100%. So they gave Trevor Martin another start. That didn't work out so well either. And uh, so they've been trying to use Trevor Martin because you're going to need more than, obviously, well, you need about four of them when you get into the postseason, tournaments and all of that. You're probably going to need at least three, but probably four starters that you can rely on. And uh, But uh, anyway... Uh, they decided to go ahead and go with Trevor Martin last uh, week. But since uh, Victor's been off this whole time, but answer to your question, yes, they want to keep Campbell on his regular rest, run him out there on Friday because of that. But because Victor hasn't thrown in a while in a couple of weeks, well, they get an opportunity to go ahead and start him in the Thursday night game and see what happens. Rex Hold, our guest, Oklahoma State play-by-play in town for Baylor and Oklahoma State uh, beginning tonight here at Baylor Ballpark. Uh, Rex, one thing on the stat sheet jumps off at me is uh, your team's fielding percentage, 982 fielding percentage, second best in the Big 12. I was shocked it wasn't the best. But uh, uh, speak to the, uh, the defense of the Cowboys team. Looks like it's really, really good. Well, it has really been good. Now that I can say there was two or three last week that were very uncharacteristic. Uh, that uh, balls that should have been, you know, it looked like maybe one of them was lost in the sun, never really got an explanation. Uh, Caden Trinkle is a veteran, big-time center fielder who makes big-time plays a lot. I mean, highlight real type stuff. But there's been a couple of balls just in the last couple of weeks where he came in like he's done a million times because it goes into that slide and catches the ball, flips that mid over, and, 
and uh, there's been twice now where he has come in, he's got to the ball, no problem, and then had it hit off the heel of his mitt and dropped. So, again, then all of a sudden you look up, that man is on, and that's led to maybe two or three runs. It seemed like every time we didn't make a play, the uh, visitors uh, or the other team would cash in on that. But uh, he's a sensational center fielder day in and day out. We saw that all year. Uh, the Zach Earhart kid in right field is a true freshman, but he is an absolute uh, baller. He's you know he's got he's got everything going for him, the speed, good arm, and all of that. The left fielder is more of the, there. Uh, Jake Thompson, he's the team leader and the best hitter on the team. So uh, again, he's not the greatest out there, but he can make all the plays, and he's made a, a few big time uh, plays. But I think around the infield has been the biggest surprise because so many new people that get plugged in there. You didn't have a returning catcher. Now you got two of them, but they both done a really good job. They've had moments where they let the ball get through, and all of that. One's a true freshman, Ian Darty, and then uh, Chase Atkinson is the other. He came in, went to Boise State, then to junior college, and then to Oklahoma State. So a little more experience there. Neither one of them have hit a whole lot. Darty's been the better offensive bat of late, but behind the plate, they're pretty equal. Both do a pretty good job back there. And then we had the uh, guy that transferred in, Griffin Dorshing out of Northern Kentucky. And then another kid who came in from the Juco ranks, a uh, Canadian uh, over there, and uh, David Mendham. But uh, Dorshing uh, was the first baseman, got off to a great start, broke his foot. Bendham took over, and then he became an offensive force. He's a guy that loves to take the ball. He's left-handed hitter, but he has the way to let the ball get deep and hit it to left. A lot of power to left and left center, and he had really came on. And now Dorshing's back, providing his menacing bat right in the middle of the lineup because that guy's got uh, just unbelievable power. He's a big dude. He's everything he's uh, he's uh, expected to be with that big body and that strength and and uh, he's hit three balls, I think, over 500 feet already this year. They have those things that can track how far the ball went, and uh, he has hit some absolute unbelievable shots this year. But that gives you a big – but he can still play first also. But both of those guys went over there. Bidham's really been good, digging all the balls out of the dirt and all that. The second baseman's Rock Reggio. He's a true freshman, but he has been one of the best defensive second basements in the history of Oklahoma State. He is just routinely makes unbelievable plays, makes them look easy. And uh, whether, again, great arm, great range, great anticipation, he has been, uh, like I said, he is, uh, he's a big time. Again, his average is not going to jump out at you as a hitter, but he's got some uh, potential there too and has shown us from time to time. But defensively, he has been a Rock Houston Moral. You probably remember that name from the past. Has been our shortstop. He was to start the year. He got injured. Now he's kind of turned into what the back end of the bullpen. There's another guy that's 96, 97 miles an hour and has moved into more of a pitching role because Marcus Brown took over at shortstop in Huey's absence and absence and really again became a fine everyday. He's a true sophomore a shortstop. He makes all the plays too. And then Nolan McLean, I I'll admit I was not too impressed with his defensive skills. He's obviously a great pitcher. Also, he closes out games for us. But as a third baseman, I was worried about that over there. The year began, they play him in right field some too. But he has been so much better at third base than I think a lot of people, including me, anticipated he would be. So you got a lot of new parts of catcher and third and short and first and second. The entire group wasn't there a year ago, pretty. And, uh, and they have turned out to be an outstanding defensive group there defensively around that uh, around the infield. Final question, Rex. Uh, what's the thinking up, up your way, Stillwater, in the state of Oklahoma, about the Big 12 tournament, not in Oklahoma City this year, but moving to Arlington? Well, I think most of us don't. 
don't like it. <laughs> Let's be honest. It was out the back door, and uh, then again, I'm uh, being, uh, I, you know, maybe I'm, you know, prejudiced in that area, but I just believe it was the best place ever for that tournament. I mean, with Bricktown right there, all the hotels, all the amenities, all the restaurants, everything, the ballpark in walking distance to all the hotels in downtown Oklahoma City, it was just such a great little way to, again, the players could come and go. You didn't have to ride buses everywhere. Again, the people after the games want to go eat, whatever, or nightlife and all those things. It was just tailor-made for that Big 12 tournament. You know, again, other people wanted it, and uh, Arlington wound up getting it. I don't know. I mean, Josh Holiday, I know, was in the room kicking and screaming when they voted. But the uh, I don't even know that OU even uh, fought that hard for it. But I know the Texas schools obviously wanted it closer to them, and we all get that. So we've had, you know we've had the luxury of having that tournament right there for so many years. And, and now it's not so much a move to Texas. I just worry about it moving to Arlington, the Globe Life, because we played there. I don't know four or five times. And it, again, I just wonder. You know, you get a four or five thousand people into the Bricktown ballpark. That's a good atmosphere, but you put four or five thousand into that place, it's like nobody's there at all. So I don't know. I worry more about the atmosphere and all of that. And is it going to feel like a big time tournament, or is it just going to feel like somebody gave you the keys to a gigantic, uh, you know, indoor ballpark? Maybe they'll open the roof with the good weather. I don't. I assume maybe they'll do that, but maybe it'll give them a little different feel. But uh, I'm just not too – I get And I think, uh, for the most part, though, I think the Texas coaches are happy. They're closer to their fan bases. They can get to the games easier. So good for them. Let's see how it works. And I think they've got it until 2025. They'll have a pretty good sample to show whether or not it should remain there or not. But uh, I know, for one, a lot of us uh, are not happy that it moved out, including uh, at Oklahoma State and all their – administrators and people around that program, all the fan base. But, uh, hey, it's not that much further. I mean, it is. It's about three more hours to go on down to Arlington and check it out. But it's not, you know, an eight-hour drive or anything. So, and then plus it's closer, obviously, for you folks, uh, the folks in Waco to go to the Big 12, and closer for Texas, everybody else. So, maybe not Texas Tech. They didn't get a big break either way. So, they got a long way to go from West Texas. But, again, I think uh, we'll see. I don't know there's so much that we were just prejudiced or selfish and wanting it in Oklahoma City, but I, you know, I'm, I'll let the new place play out. We'll see. I worry more about the attendance and the atmosphere and all of that. If it's just going to feel dead in there, I don't think that's good for anybody. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks. We'll see you uh, out here at the ballpark. John, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Look forward to seeing you. And you as well. Thank you very much. Rex Holt, play-by-play voice for Oklahoma State Baseball. Bears and Cowboys opening that series tonight here at Baylor Ballpark. We're on the air at 6.15, first pitch at 6.30 with Derek Smith and Ryan Boyd right here on ESPN Central Texas.